Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast, and this is a brand new season for a brand new year. It's episode one of season seven. It's 2023, and I'm afraid I'm still your host, Andy Davis. You're stuck with that, I'm afraid. Swings and roundabouts. Having said that, I've only come on here to announce that I will actually, probably, be on strike for most of season seven. I have no particular grievances. I just do love a bandwagon when I see one. I suppose I've got to demand something, though, so I'll be on the picket line, calling for a sturdier ladder and more insulation up here in the loft. And frankly, the amount of cobwebs just isn't keeping pace with the rising cost of spinning. I blame Tony Blair. Until then, we'll press on, and we've got such an interesting episode to kick off the year, as it doesn't get more important than getting the money off the customer and into your bank account. But when it comes to card payments, why do KBB retailers have to pay such comparatively high fees? And that's after all the hoops you have to jump through to get an account with the provider at all. It turns out that KBB retail is classed as high risk for card service providers, which was total news to me. So we'll find out why and get some proper advice from card payment expert Libby James. But first... It's 2023, you probably know that already, and that means the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023 is only a few months away. To be precise, it's on April the 20th in the great city of Cardiff. If you think you and your company should be represented at the biggest gathering of the industry in the year, then book your tickets now as places are very limited. All you need to do is go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards to book your places right now. Maybe not right now, listen to the rest of this and then go and do it. So joining me down the line, as promised, here is Libby James. Hello, Libby. Hello. It's very kind of you to come on here and share your expertise with us. Now, I've actually described you in the intro there as a card payment expert, but that is a little bit vague. So (laughs) could you just describe for us what you actually do and how you do it? Okie dokes. Um, So my name's Libby James. We run a website called merchantadviceservice.co.uk and we give free of charge advice to businesses that are looking to accept card payments, already accept card payments, looking for business banking, looking for funding through their card terminals. So basically, we've got everything covered for you all in one place on our website. Which is fantastic. So we're going to talk today, you're going to help me understand card payments for KBB retailers. Now, I've been covering this sector for a very long time, not going to embarrass myself by telling you how long, but this bit of it has sort of passed me by, which is very shameful, as it's clearly incredibly important. So in particular, I want to understand why this can be really difficult for KBB retailers. And by difficult, I mean expensive. So look, as I understand it, a lot of the issues stem from the fact that KBB retailers are deemed as high risk by card companies. So explain to me what that actually means and why they are seen that way. Okay, so yeah, kitchen and bathroom retailers are deemed high risk, you're correct. There's three main reasons for that. First of all, the transactions tend to be higher amounts, known as high ticket items within industry. Very unusual for anybody to spend less than a couple of thousand pounds on a kitchen or a bathroom. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is that the lead time in which you take the transaction and then the product is delivered tends to be quite a lengthy one. So for example, I could order a kitchen and bathroom today and take delivery of it in say three months time or or fitting of it in particular in two, three months time. And in that period that leaves the bank open to risk. And the third is chargebacks. So historically within the industry of kitchen, bathroom, any home improvement, really, chargebacks tend to be slightly higher than normal, meaning that 
customers raise issues directly with the bank rather than going back to the retailer. So the high risk is nothing to do with the financial stability of the individual company per se. It's the sector as a whole that has the kind of black mark against it. Yeah, I think um, historically, banks make decisions on industry types and merchant category codes. And then each business is reviewed on its own merit. Um, So it it does depend on the business stability as well. But as an umbrella, yes, kitchen and bathrooms are reviewed historically. Right. And and just the fact that often the payment is split up into different amounts across that whole time period make a big difference as well. There's a deposit, for example, and then there'll be a balance and then there might be like a 10% at the end, which is the I'm happy with everything payment. Does that make a big difference too? Yeah, so so obviously that plays into the lead time. So you as a business have output the cost of delivering the products, but then you've only taken partial payment until that product is fitted or dispatched, etc. So yes, that does play into it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know, I'm not expecting to know the answer to this, but if chargebacks are traditionally higher within this industry, I'd be interested to know where that is, because I can't see that very much in this the kind of independent sector as opposed to the, the DIY merchant sector. There must be a big difference between the two in terms of chargebacks. Yeah, I mean, I suppose if you look at, if you're comparing a bathroom company to a coffee shop, for example, um, naturally there are going to be more chargebacks chargebacks there are more things that can go wrong obviously and people are more likely to want the money back if it's a lot of money exactly okay so look let's pretend i'm a kvb retailer i'm looking for a new car provider what can i do to make myself more appealing if that's the right word and get a quick decision and what can i do so you rightly pointed out that kitchen and bathroom retailers are deemed high risk, uh, which means that there will be some banks that will accept applications from merchants within the sector, and there are others that won't. So the first point is to apply to a bank that you know has an appetite for your type of business. So you fit their criteria. Otherwise, you could be chucking out applications left, right and centre and not knowing whether you've got any chance of being accepted. So that's your kind of first port of call and probably the most important one. The second is make sure when you submit your application, it's packaged correctly. So what happens is you submit all your documents and then it goes through an underwriting process and basically allows the team within the bank to make an informed decision about you as a company and whether they want to support the card payments that you're processing. As a result, you should aim to supply absolutely everything you can at point of application. It basically speeds things up because it stops the kind of to and froing and it increases the likelihood of getting your application accepted. So where do people go wrong with that kind of thing? What, what don't they include in it? It can be anything. So I, I think realistically, people uh, view card payments as just just a service, just a terminal where you're entering a financial agreement. So therefore, the bank is going to ask for proof of where you're trading from, ID, business bank statements, personal bank statements in some cases. So I think people wrongly assume that you can just sign a contract and off you go, whereas you need the whole thing. You need all your terms and conditions, specifically In kitchen and bathroom retailers, we need to understand your complaints procedure because then that has an effect on your chargebacks and how you manage those. So all of these things play a part in your application. And I think 
from my experience anyway, if you don't provide everything in one go and you go backwards and forwards, it, it tends to have a negative impact on your application as a whole. So I guess it's about people realising that the industry is high risk because they might be sat there thinking, well, I know I'm not high risk. Yeah, so absolutely. Therefore... And, and, you know, I think the high risk tag, you know, high risk covers a wide range of businesses. You automatically think of, gambling websites or you know but and and really in the grand scheme of things kitchen and bathroom is is lower on that list but it still falls into that category right and therefore the more information you can provide the easier it makes the process and what about make, getting a, a quick decision because a lot of time i think if people are looking for a new provider it's because they're trying to can the old one yeah. or they're obviously starting a new business so well, how do you how do you get this through as quickly as possible okay so obviously the the packaging thing is really important um the other the other thing that you can do is you can use a broker so quite often in this scenario, a broker won't charge a fee for their service because they'll earn a commission from the bank. Brokers tend to be up to date with the types of banks that you can apply to and are accepting businesses very similar to yours. Um, And they will handle the packaging and they will just see the process through, which can kind of speed things up for you. Yeah, because I guess you'd use a broker with your mortgage or whatever it is so it's not unusual that you'd have a broker in this kind of thing as well I suppose it's thinking of it as a very key component of your business as opposed to just a bit of administration that you have to go through exactly equally this high risk status I'm also assuming means that the cost the rates the fees are high as well what can I do about that if I'm a retailer what can I do is it just a case of shopping around or using a broker how do I get them as low as possible okay so um bringing me back to my previous point um in the high risk scale of things you know you're not looking (laughs) at stupid percent to process payments. And I think that it's really important that the high risk tag doesn't put people off. We always say compare on a pound for pound basis. Quite often businesses will get sucked into the cost of the terminal hire or the headline rates. And it makes it really hard for you to understand and compare accounts fairly. So that's first off. And then secondly, yeah, you're right. Review your account on a regular basis. Quite often, merchants will periodically increase rates. And over time, it all stacks up, especially if you're processing those high volume amounts. Right. So this this is a service is like, I don't know, your mortgage rate or any, or a bank loan rate or anything. It does change in time. Packages change in time. Tariffs or whatever do change all the time because presumably it's very competitive as well. So what you're saying is in the way that you check your mobile phone tariff or something, you should be checking your rates on this. Yeah, exactly. I think um, a mobile phone tariff is probably the most in line comparison. So you, you have your terminal higher costs, which would be your mobile phone handset, and then you have your cost per transaction, uh, which would be your calls, your tax, etc. So yeah, as your contract reaches its end point, we always suggest shopping around a couple of months before. And it kind of puts you in a position where you can make an informed decision, you can play a few accounts, uh, account providers off one another, therefore you're getting the best rates rather than panicking like you said previously and trying to get something over the line very quickly. It allows you to make better decisions, therefore reducing your costs. Because, you know, if you're taking thousands of pounds worth of, of deposit or payment on a card, those, you know, half a percent can be quite a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. It does stack off. And, you know, if you've got lots of different branches or you're taking payments over the phone, and, and that's something that we, we always suggest, that if the way you're taking payments or your locations change, you look at 
reviewing your costs and where the biggest costs lie. So for example, if you're taking commercial credit cards, they're going to be charged a lot higher than a personal debit card. So if your business changes in structure, it's really important that you review your merchant account provider. Okay, so uh, I'm a retailer and I've taken the deposit or whatever it is by card. I want my money in my account as quickly as possible. Yeah. Right. So what what should I also be looking for in my new provider about that that speed? Okay. Can I do anything about it? Yeah. So at the settlement. So there's two elements to settlement in high risk industries. Uh, one is that because of the high risk tag, your your settlement period tends to be slightly longer than if you were a lower tier business. And secondly, in high risk and high transaction volumes, there often is something called a rolling reserve, which means that a proportion of that transaction is held back, and that settlement is delayed, which is basically there to counterbalance the risk for the bank and you, the merchant, should anything happen, such as a chargeback. It's worthwhile pointing out with settlement as well, if you're new to processing payments, that you can want offered your settlement terms After a successful period of processing, you can go back and try and renegotiate those terms as long as your account's running smoothly. But yes, settlement has a big impact on cash flow, the rolling reserve in particular. Um, And it's always something that should be a big consideration, especially for high risk merchants. And how much is your own management of that part of the deal that you get in other words if you're running your account really smoothly the number of chargebacks you get is actually not very high you're doing everything right can you renegotiate yeah absolutely so first of all each business is reviewed on a case-by-case basis and your your terms and your settlement periods are offered on accepting that application so they vary between accounts and merchant types If you can prove, for instance, that you're counterbalancing your chargebacks by using a third party or a gateway provider that has the software to do so, that will affect your settlement terms, for example. Um, Again, if you're a new business, you'll probably have longer settlement terms than somebody that's been trading for 20 years. So it all your business profile as such always comes into play. Right. And I suppose that's a big part of this, isn't it? That you could either ignore the high risk thing or get bogged down in the high risk thing. But but again, a bit like your mobile phone, you should be constantly looking and constantly checking to see whether or not there's a better deal available out there. Is card payments the only really way to do this kind of stuff? People like credit cards because it gives them that security of being able to get stuff back if anything goes wrong. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you have options. You can do open banking which and you can do back payments. But... I don't think we're quite there (laughs) yet from a consumer point of view. I think consumers like the option of paying on credit cards, especially in these times, for two two reasons. Obviously, to spread the cost and also um, for the security in terms of the insurance it offers when paying on credit or debit card. As a business, I think, you, you know, keeping your payments options open is is really vital you don't want to put any blocks in the way of getting that transaction and getting that order in the first place some retailers in this sector have a deposit protection insurance type model it's like a bank transfer but there's an insurance policy in place that covers a deposit yeah well how do you feel about that it's not how i feel about it it's how the customers feel about it i think um if I was running a similar business, I think the more payment options, the better. You know, it's down, it's down to the customer. But 
Obviously, there are advantages to taking back payments in terms of cost, but I think equally, we're we're a long way from moving solely to BAPS and and, and open banking. And I think card payments plays a massive part in processing payments within higher risk industries such as kitchen and bathroom suppliers. Okay, well, you're the expert here, Libby. What other hints, tips, advice can you give us on making card payments easier, cheaper? What else should people be looking out for? Okay, so remaining PCI compliant is quite a big one. We speak to a lot of people on our site that just kind of forget about PCI compliance. And they're... Let, let's pretend for a moment, Libby, just pretend that I don't know what PCI compliance is. <laughs> okay, so um, PCI compliance is basically a regulation um, to ensure that you're taking card payments in the proper way. And basically, it's a little bit like your car MOT. You don't you don't get reminders for it. So you, the merchant, are responsible for submitting your PCI compliance review on an annual basis. And if you don't do so, quite often, especially in high-risk industries, you will get fined for that on a monthly basis. And that can obviously stack up, especially if you, you've got multiple branches, etc. So remaining PCI compliance is a case of filling in a form and forgetting about it for a year. <laughs> um, when it comes right. when it comes to costs, obviously you've got to remain compliant in how you process those payments. But when we're talking simply financially, uh, remaining PCI compliant is is top of the list. There's other things that you can do. I think you know you say you mentioned making card payments easier. I think once you reach certain volumes of processing in any high risk industry it's always advisable to have more than one merchant account banks will constantly be assessing their risk portfolio and their criteria so kitchen bathroom merchants are quite high on the list of potential terminations so it's always good to have a backup option should anything go wrong and finally you know, shop around on a regular basis. Don't don't let merchant services be something that you forget about because over time it all adds up. And I think in business, it's really important to save as much money as you can. And especially if you can use a broker or a third party, it's a bit of a no brainer. Yeah, and I, and I and I think look, expert help is always the best option if you're if you're unsure, isn't it? This is an area that I'm unfamiliar with. An awful lot of retailers, I'm sure, will know what PCI compliance is. Shameful that I don't. How embarrassing! <laughs> now, one final question here, Libby. It's a really important one, and it is quite a personal one. Mm-hmm. Why is it that whenever I go and get my hair cut at the barbers, every single barber I've ever been to, their car machine isn't working? Can you tell me why? <laughs> I have no idea, but you need it's- to send them my way. <laughs> It's funny that, isn't it? Every single time, no matter where I go, the car machine isn't working today. Oh, dear. Well, they just don't want to pay the fees, do they? Yeah, it's, it's really funny that, isn't it? Just barbers for some reason. It just affects barbers. I love and that. They... That might be uh, my next blog. <laughs> and, and they don't tell you until they've cut your hair. Mm. Oh, that. by the way, my, my car machine isn't working today, so you have to traipse off down the cash machine. question is, do you, you carry know. cash? No, who the hell carries cash these days? Certainly not me. Exactly. I don't even know where my bank card is. I do it all on my phone. Exactly. Well, look, Libby, thank you so much for all your help today. It's been really insightful. It's really helped me understand it a lot better, I'm sure. And I'm sure there's lots of hints and tips in there for retailers that will really help them too. So, look, thank you for your time. And if anything changes, let me know. Brilliant. Thank you so much. 
was Libby James from Merchant Advice Service. So interesting. As you always think of most independent KPB retailers as being well-established, solid businesses. And the thought of them being high-risk for anything is unlikely, but there you go. This is a high-risk industry simply due to the established payment structure. If you're wondering what other sectors are in the high-risk category, then you're sharing it with the likes of escort services, alcohol, debt collection, gambling, payday loans, and the one you really don't want to be in the company of, double glazing. I'll put the link through to Libby's website in the episode description as there's loads of useful information and advice on there. Don't forget to book your tickets for the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2023 as soon as you can so you don't miss out. Go to kbbreview.com forward slash awards to do that today. I'll put that link in the episode description too. See you next time. Thank you.